any other training tips you got that you want to throw out there for, for anybody to crush it? Yes. I think it's really important to learn a core set of, you know, production. And uh, I put together this training I haven't done it in a long time. It's called the wheelhouse. And the wheelhouse was insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretziger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. It's amazing that you, I mean, you could do that, right? You could basically yeah. work from anywhere. If there's an internet connection, you could be there and, you know, that's take right. into account the time zone. But yeah, I so love fast. it. I love it. I think that's a fantastic tip to really plug your agents in with other positive agents that are doing the kind of things you want to do. I think that's a huge one. Any other training tips you got that you want to throw out there for, for anybody to crush it? Yes, I think it's really important to learn a core set of, you know, production. And I guess what I mean by that, we we started training when I finally first started training agents. We had we just had three or four of us at the time. And I was like, I think it's time for us to start training together and thinking about some of these things. And uh, I put together this training. I haven't done it in a long time. It's called the wheelhouse. And the wheelhouse was OK. I, and then you can do this on PNC, too. I got a carrier for, you know, this product, a carrier for this product, a carrier for this situation. But really. 99% of my production is going to come from, you know, four or five carriers and product sets. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's similar to you guys, but mm. you might have, you know, 80 or 90% coming from this. So it's really good to master this niche and this focus and then slowly build a blade or a tool on your Swiss army knife over time to be able to handle all these additional things that come up. You know, for instance, at first I might, like when I started, it was MedSup. And then their drug plan, MedSup and their drug plan. And then eventually we added in, well, dental vision and hearing, dental vision and hearing. They had these standalone policies that had dental vision and hearing in them. We started adding that because people were asking about it a lot. Then eventually we learned how to sell cancer insurance, you know, by going into the guinea pig house with the concrete floors and smoking cigarettes with those people. Uh, <laughs> Poor guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah, guinea pig needed a cancer policy, but um, yeah. yeah we were learning how all these different products over time and then eventually maybe learning annuities learning a lot. Too many people come into the business and they say, you guys have probably seen this. I've seen it on the health side. They'll be like, I got my health, my life, my PNC license. I'm like, you don't need that. Like you need PNC in life or health in life. I really would not encourage anybody to say, I'm going to sell Medicare, health insurance and PNC commercial, personal, like that's goofy. Like you really right. need master a niche. And then if you want to sell everything, eventually I could see a path to that. I would almost say go a hundred miles deep into one small niche with a couple of secondary and tertiary crawl cells. And then uh, if you want to tackle those other niches, hire somebody and kind of train and work with an outside partner to build that channel within your business. We can't 
all do everything. It's just Love too it. right. Yeah, yep. I think the young producer coming in, and I think probably all of us have shared the same vision at one point is, well, I want I want to be able to serve everyone because I don't want to miss out, right? It's this FOMO yeah. of, well, somebody comes to me and you know they have a, fl- a flower shop. I want to be able yeah. to offer them something. And it's like, well, yeah. do you? I mean, <laughs> we want to be good at what we're offering, right? Yeah. The, the quarter- yeah. You know, uh, Brady doesn't go to Belichick and say, hey, look, I really want to serve the team by also kicking field goals and blocking for myself and running the ball and and playing defense. <laughs> it's like, that would be really cool, but no, right? Yeah, that's exactly the person I'm talking about when you have a guy that wants to do everything. And, and I get where they're coming from because there, there's a little bit of, you know, naivety yeah. there that when somebody's coming in, they need money. You know, and I get it. You know, uh, I can't what movie for the guy that I need money tattooed on his lip, but uh, I get it. We all need a little money, but it's a marathon business and it is a get rich business, but it's a get rich moderately slow. You know, I, and but the, the get rich quick businesses scare the shiite out of me because it's yeah. like if, if you're getting rich really quick. What is it at the expense of, you know, other than like accidental crypto rich or whatever, but like when you get a, <laughs> oh, you know, that's going to happen to me. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I have, happens. I've had the whole board covered. <laughs> I, I, that to me too. There's a, it's a little bit of gambling going on for, I believe in it long-term, but you know, Oh, but this we, is invested. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I, when I look at, uh, you know, people making these, the mistake is, you know, really high, you know, going down into a niche, picking a niche and pick a niche with residual in, you know, I don't know how crude I can be, but I, we tell people like you really have to eat a little shit the first year or two. It's just, unless you're one of those exceptions and you got some kind of crazy story that, you know, got you rich really fast in an ethical way, but that's not, it's not the common theme. Um, and I don't want I don't say that to scare people out of the business because I think it's a great business. Yep. You got to be prepared to come in, do things the right way, become specialized and just grow and grow and grow. And then three, four five years in, you're having this psychological event where you're like, oh, my God, that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah. And you really you don't really know what they're talking about. Like when the gravy chain of residual hits until you got it for yourself. Yeah. You know, because you, you can be like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. All that money coming in. But no, then, you know, you wake up and you're like, I had a bad week and your bank account's bigger than it ever was. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. And, and each year it stacks and stacks yeah. and stacks. And then, yeah, it's it's remarkable. And especially as that marketing spend goes up, I think that there's, you know, there's this fear of spending on marketing and then not getting an ROI on it. Instead of it being, let me spend, and I'm good. It's my education. I'm going to learn something, right? And I may actually make significant return on that investment by sticking with it. And I think agents have this um, short-term memory sometimes and want that quick. I want to get paid right now, and it's like, no, that's not going to happen. We got to spend and then stick with it, and you know, not keep jumping ship. Which is a perfect segue into what I'd love to ask you. We've touched on marketing, but I'd really like you to get specific on what for you has been the most effective marketing strategy in the last couple of years. The most effective marketing strategy has been keeping a, I don't know, I guess congruent, like a, uh, a consistent portion of our budget towards multimedia branding. I know that's probably not the most common answer. But no, um, love it. We, de- we decided a long time ago that we wanted we want leads for today, 
but I wanted a brand to create like these free leads down the road. And if I turned off all my advertising now for a year, we would still have people walking in and calling in a slowly dropping rate, I'm sure, but we'd still have tons of people coming in because we've invested in it for so long. And um, that's also an effect that's really hard to tell somebody until they've seen it. But, you know, as far as a lead strategy that somebody could take to the bank, I mean, uh, you know, in the Medicare and the the life or senior market side, the direct mail is still very lucrative in a lot of areas because you can get in. It's an easy way from the get go when nobody knows who you are to have a reason to knock on their door or call them and get in the house. The other ones are, I mean, Facebook was really good for us in 2015. It kind of fell off. And then, you know, interestingly, it's making a comeback for us. Uh, we're doing pretty well on there. We're starting to, we're starting to get, um, it's different than it used to be, but you know, it's doing really well. I'm trying to think if we do anything crazy, we, we do, we do some weird stuff. Like we bought a sprinter van, like a luxury sprinter van. Cause we were having to take our, some of our team to like conferences and stuff. And so I was like, well, I could buy a Sprinter van and wrap it. And now I got a billboard that also doubles as we get to take it places. <laughs> and nice. so, we bought, so we have this like wrapped, uh, you know, a guru, Medicare gurus looking uh, you know, Sprinter van nice. uh, with a one eight one eight five five sixty five years, you know, 800 number all over it. And um, we were, we actually were going to Dallas to a conference last summer and um, we had, I think, what did we have? nine it seats 12 i think we had like 10 people in it and we were it's got movies tvs and all this stuff in the back anyway we stopped in like arkansas and we got out and uh one of our guys got a lead off of somebody asking us because of the sprinter van what we did and he got a lead and sold a guy in medicare supplements (laughs) that's so awesome yeah, and it was a, and you got to deduct the entire thing and I can write the whole thing off as a, a marketing. Uh, you get the vehicle expense, but I mean, I could easily I could write the wrap off as marketing. So yeah, uh, love yeah. it. <laughs> so Justin, what would you say is how how important referrals are to your business? Referrals are huge, and when we and this is why it's important to do a really good job, and we do focus on. Uh, you know, we we have licenses in in most states, and we do get a lot of referrals in different states, but. When you focus on a heavily penetrating one kind of geographic area, you have to do a good job because, you know, a, a pissed off customer tells 15 people, a happy customer tells, you know, five, right? Well, we are big on advocating for re- uh, reviews and we have some automation set up with our CRM where we get pretty steady Google reviews and Facebook reviews. But we are very big on encouraging referrals. And not only that, but when we do multimedia advertising to get back to the a brand, our referrals, I think, convert more than maybe the average person's referrals, because if they're in our area and they're referring to us and say, say Sally Smith says, oh, I went over to, you know, uh, Brock and the Brocks or Brock Insurance, uh, went over to their office and they helped me out. If she said, I went over to this guy named Tom, he helped me and he's in Morville, Mississippi. He's, you know, he, okay, they've never heard of Tom, right? He doesn't advertise or anything. They're probably going to forget that. They probably didn't write down the number. Maybe if they wrote down his number somewhere, they could find it. They, they lost it. It's very difficult for that referral to end up legitimately translating into a sale. But when they say the Brocks with Medicare, you know, they're saying all oh, those people from TV, all those people all over Facebook, all those people that mail everybody when they're turning 65, all those right. people that when they're over 65. We're so in their face that the referral converts from the marketing at a higher percentage of the time. And sure. I know that to be true. So that's huge for us, you know, yeah. is having the referrals be able to convert by when somebody says our name, 
it's not hard for them to find our phone number. <laughs> yeah. And that branding play, I think, I think it's important also to, to disclaim or make a disclaimer that this is a later stage. This is not a growth stage. We're not right. doing this branding play because there isn't the cash flow. That's that. when you've created that residual income right. and you siphon off some of it, just like you do for taxes to create the legacy play. Exactly. And, and that's definitely, you know, it's a big boy move and yeah. girl move, but it's, uh, it's something once you have some money uh, and I'm not saying you're rich, but once you have, you know, maybe six figures in renewals, you're paying uncle Sam, and then you're right. taking ten or fifteen thousand, and you start growing that. And then as you get to two hundred thousand, now you're spending twenty, twenty-five thousand. Always spending it on the long-term marketing as well as the short-term marketing. Yeah. Well, lower that taxable bucket and help your agency grow. Absolutely. So critical. I'd rather spend it on marketing than you know taxes. <laughs> so I learned that the wrong way, which uh, I've told Mr. Jason about where I got duped into putting my face on all the shopping carts at Safeway, like right when I started. Right. And, and, and that was a bad investment. So yeah. uh, I got zero, zero yeah. calls for that. So, yeah. uh, but you're not going to get calls, right? That's the, it's, it's to create that awareness. So it's um, like billboards, man, you know, billboard, I, I, I got a colleague in Indiana, Outside, he lives in Maryville, but he's got billboards all around, uh, in and out of Chicago on the four lanes, and he's he's had them there for twenty years now, right? And it's he spends sixteen thousand a month on billboards, maybe more than that now, but a couple Dang. of years, sixteen thousand a month on billboards. The dude is one of the top Medicare supplement distributors in the country, but right. it didn't start out that way. He right. just he just believed in it and kept pushing more and more into it over time, and. Uh, it's hard to find people that discovered that because it's hard to find the people that were crazy enough to keep spending it, not really getting anything off of it for a long right. time. Very long. Like, I mean, you're competing with carriers when you're yeah. putting up billboard ads. And, and so <laughs> right. you have to have an understanding of what that requires and, and you know, the kind of marketing budget. Absolutely. So, but some people put it up and they're like, look, I'm famous. Like, well, uh, you know, yeah, that, a lot of them and they need to be everywhere. <laughs> we get that in town. And, you know, we, we don't even do a lot with billboards because I'm, even though I'm a branding guy, I don't, I'm not a billboard guy personally. I know, I do know it works for them. I know it works for a lot of attorneys that go ham on it. Uh, there's this guy in Alabama named Alexander Shunera that he supposedly holds the record in the country for how much he spends on billboards as a, like wow. a privately owned business. But anyway, there are people that will throw them up in town and I'm talking like small agents and, and they'll get one right in the center of town. And, and in Tupelo, they're probably cheaper in some places, but you still, if you're in the center of town, it's a thousand bucks a month. And I'm like, I don't think that, that you're at the level to spend a thousand dollars a month on a billboard. That's like right. a, I have plenty of money thing to do. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and there probably is a percentage, right? Like you have your budget and you know what it costs and then you can back it in and say, Oh, if it's only 2% of my budget, then, then that's something. I, and I don't know what that yeah. number is. Yeah. It's, right? it's a reverse engineering your yeah. uh, or rever reverse budgeting into, you know, what is my lifetime value of a client? What One is of my favorite my immediate things. return of value on a client? What is yeah. my cost to acquire a client or cost per lead or both? Uh, and when you know some of those factors, you can begin to know what can I spend to acquire this client? And you have to do that primarily on a short-term budget and then hedge like this unnecessary return amount of money into a long-term strategy. Right. Um, some people do it on Google. Like they're putting money into their website copy and stuff like that. And it's a long-term SEO strategy. 
because it doesn't really return right away. But everybody knows if you really do things the right way on Google and you put a whole bunch of money into it for a long time, a whole lot of time into it, a whole lot of backlinking, all that, and you do it the right way, not building like a scammy, spammy website, eventually it'll pay off. Well, it's kind of like branding, you know, uh, but branding, I would say, is more of a sure thing than SEO. So, <laughs> Yes. I'll dive you back into the clients. So you, we've talked a lot about the marketing. We've talked about getting them, getting them in the front end of the funnel and pushing them through. But how about once they're a new client, how is that onboarding strategy for your clients? And, and how do you make sure that it's a really exceptional client experience? So when we bring our clients in, I think we can do a lot better on this. I'll, I'll be completely honest. We do get a lot of positive reviews, but I have been a little bit perturbed by even the handful of negative we get because I, I just hate it. I can't stand it. Yeah. It keeps me up at night. Um, Haters got to hate. I know. And I know it's going <laughs> to exist, but I just want to eliminate so much of it from the consumer side. I almost am more okay with it with agents because I've just learned agents sure. complain. And clients yeah. do too. Do they? But uh, <laughs> yeah, agents complain. <laughs> Um, you know, but we, we want to first bring them in, um, you know, have the one-on-one consultation with their agent or expert. Um, then we have a client retention team that's supposed to follow that application to approval and, you know, do all the follow-up in between. And then the core agent should be calling them back to congratulate on and make sure they don't have any additional questions. The process there too, there are some automated follow-ups. And we are pretty big on automation. We automate a thank you card through thanks.io. We automate, you know, the text that asks for the reviews once the policy is marked approved in our, our system and is going into force. I can't remember the exact amount of time after it, but it's there's a little delay in it. Um, but it goes through and the, the automation page doesn't say here, leave us a review. It says rate your experience, you know, and it's got like the big thumbs up or thumbs down. And then when they click thumbs up, it takes them to leave a review. If it's thumbs down, it has them submit feedback to us. Kind of like what bird's eye used to do. We just kind of built it on our own now. Um, nice. And then, you know, there's just other follow-ups along the way. Like we send them birthday cards annually. We send them a newsletter once a year. It's like a, a three page little magazine type of newsletter we put together. And then we send them a refrigerator magnet with a full a year's worth of calendar on it, you know, just stuff like that. And I don't care if they're in Boise, Idaho, when I'm in Mississippi, I want all those clients to have it because I want them to have no problem getting hold of us if they have questions, right? So to try to keep keep that loyalty. And we do have a really high you know, retention and persistency rate, thankfully. So I'm the guy that thinks we can do better. I've been wanting to hire a couple of people that like just do nothing but like call people on their birthdays and call them on certain anniversaries and just do everything they can because I also think it'll breed tons of referrals. Nice. And then that was my next question was what right now is your number one retention tactic? Yeah, we were at one time calling everybody on the birthday and doing some of those types of things. I think the number one thing is that in our slow season, because we do have a slower season and it's still we still do business. A lot of people think Medicare and health insurance just shuts down you know, most of the year. It doesn't. You know, Medicare supplements can be written year round through underwritten practices. People turn 65 all year long. There's special enrollment periods and different things. People retiring mid year, all kinds of other things we market to. But it does slow down in comparison to the fall. So um, in that slow season, we have our core agents actively calling our clients and checking on them and not churning them, but making sure they're not, you know, we want to check on them, make sure they don't have anything, look for maybe a cross sell opportunity. But if they start, you know, 
answering the phone and just like, hey, yeah, this rate is crazy. This is ridiculous. Well, of course, we're going to make sure that they're happy and make sure that they have the best you know, rate and coverage available to them. And so that physical, like you can, I know people that just like go way above and beyond on the stuff they send out, but nothing mm-hmm. they replaces having the capacity to be able to put a team on just calling as many people as possible. Love that. So this is a very important question. We talked about motivation for the team. And I'm curious, besides listening to this podcast, how do you keep yourself motivated? (laughs) This podcast is the number one thing. (laughs) Obviously. So let's just discount that. And then what else? Okay. So I actually struggled a lot with uh, burnout early on when it was more just me. Having my, like creating a team, I feed off of the energy that we create as a collective now. I feel like, you know, like, and I'll, I'll hit these little periods, but adversity, you know, when I have a real big problem come up and I have to overcome and rebuild or refix something or whatever, that kind of reinvigorates me, ignites a fire to, to work harder and, and, you know, make big moves. So I would say there's definitely that, but there is a content aspect to it. It used to be consuming content and going to conferences and events. I really enjoy going to events and meeting people. It's not necessarily about the event, although some of them are better than others. It is mostly about the people at the event and going and like, you know, hanging out with these people that I I don't get to see all that often. And COVID made me really want to go to some events because I was, you know, stuck in my damn house for so long. So. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. What's COVID? <laughs> it's what oh, Mr. Jason that, has. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that's the thing you said you had. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you're in California, I'm sure you, I'm sure you know about getting stuck in the house. Some, so. And um, yep. Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Omicron and uh, Omicron. I feel like you guys should have a Gavin Newsom variant out there. So, <laughs> I think I think we do. <laughs> They love That's the one I think they I got. Love Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> so, COVID definitely changed the world within the last couple of years. What's the biggest change that you see affecting our agencies in the next couple of years? So, um, it's a really weird fault for me because I think that right now everything's evolving towards telesales, but I'm mm-hmm. kind. Of, I I think that regional hub resource center call centers. And brick and mortar shops with the ability to come in, even if you could do business telephonically, will have a really good chance to thrive in the future because these, and this is what I see in Medicare more. So Medicare, these national call centers that just call the ever living crap out of people like from Pakistan, you know, uh, India with nukes. That joke may have came from before we were recording. So there's a little bit of an inside joke there. <laughs> Make it up. But, I don't uh, remember ever hearing that. So. <laughs> So when you have Pakistan, you know, you have Pakistani call centers that just call in all these Medicare beneficiaries, transfer them, very low value proposition plan swapping that's going on. Not experts, agents that come in, they're they're in and out, fly by night, and they're not on like any kind of long-term residual commission schedule. They're just popping into a call center, getting certified. Three weeks later, they're changing people. So in Medicare, it's specifically, I see the need for like local specialized resource centers to evolve more, but be willing to do business telephonically. So it's like a modern version of an old, old brick and mortar store. It's just, everybody wants to think like, Oh, okay. Everything's going to Amazon and everything's going to all these things. There has to be a backlash at some point or nobody will have a damn job unless you work for Amazon or some, you know, gigantic call center. So I think the backlash is, 
that the small business eventually technologically catches up to the big businesses and creates small businesses that can compete on value proposition in smaller markets. And, uh, and I think Google, for instance, as an indicator of you know where the market's going, wants that because they try to refer you in search to people local to you. They, I mean, they do that because they think that their their consumer is happier when they can find someone closer. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a virtual agent that's better than some local agents. That's why I think the local agencies need to evolve and do better. Love that. Before we wrap it up, and I want to thank you, number one, for going the distance and just providing, quite honestly, the best interview of the year. And this is probably here in January. So January third. <laughs> right. right. Oh, all I, I, I gotta do is keep that title. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna keep it throughout the year. But what would be your number one recommendation to any agent that would make the biggest impact moving forward? These are good questions, guys. The stumpers. Um, the stumpers. Just they're, they're all coming off the top of our head. <laughs> yeah. I know you've never done, you, you guys are noobs to this. You haven't done a lot of interviews yet. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> no um, good ones. So yet. No good ones. Well, like this one, this one, so, this uh, one, this one. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I would say number one thing, I really go back to something we were talking about earlier that has probably been, there's several euphemisms I've learned from, you know, mentors or people that have you know gone the distance in the business and, and done great things, but it's a marathon, not a sprint in understanding that and understanding that it's not a get rich quick scheme, but it is a get rich business element to what we do by doing the right thing and helping as many people as possible and telling everyone, you know, what you do all the time. You can build a massive business if you stick it out. 98% persistency in this business for people who make it five years. So, you know, if people that stay in it those first five years, don't leave after that. And so you have to stay in it. You know, people say 92% of insurance agents fail. Well, they fail within the first year, most likely the majority of those, right? So if you can stay in it, stay the course and figure out how to get through it, it's an amazing business to be in yeah. um, because you can truly just help people find a better price, better coverage, understand what they have better, be a resource for them. And you can't be replaced by software, A, because yes, the software could end up being smarter than you, but most of your clients don't know how to use the damn software. So it's very right. difficult. So like, I don't see that on the, the rapid horizon. Uh, and I think people that want to get into this, stay the course, go the distance, can have a great income providing a real resource. In the in the only, I think the only one of two industries maybe that survived the great depression without like going bankrupt uh, insurance industry was one of them. Uh, it's very necessary. What we do is very necessary in times of huge uncertainty for individuals or the entire damn world. Yeah. So keep doing it. Stay the Love it. Right. So good. So how can all the insurance dudes and dudettes out there check out Justin Brock on the interwebs? Where do you want them to go? Oh yeah. So YouTube is very important to us right now. We really, really are, that's our kind of platform. Um, but people do know us from our Facebook group, Medicare Gurus. That's the one with, you know, there's over 8,000 in there, members in there. And it's very active, very active. So if you're interested in Medicare, for sure there. If you're interested just in more general content about insurance, we do, we are Medicare guys. We don't pretend to be PNC guys. We do talk, 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 you know, private equity, money flooding in, telephonic sales, all those types of things. 
uh, our YouTube channel is definitely one youtube.com slash Justin Brock. We have websites, but really the, the social mediums, as my grandparents would call them, uh, they're, the, <laughs> they're, they're where all the activity is. I'm going to use that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> social mediums. Well, it's like the Kroger's and the Walmarts. And yeah. <laughs> and the YouTubes and the books of face. Yeah. The YouTubes and the, yeah. <laughs> Foshbook. Don't say that anymore. Oh, that's right. <laughs> In other countries, that means something bad. Oh, does it really? Yeah. yeah. Our, our yeah. editor is in Pakistan, and we said Foshbook, and we just heard this giggling. <laughs> he goes, yeah. that doesn't mean Facebook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, good to know. So, well, dude, Justin, such, such an honor to have you on, and this was phenomenal. Like, honestly, anybody that comes on after is going to have a hard time competing for best <laughs> of 2022. Man. True. So well, thanks for coming you, on, man. Will, you guys will do it because you guys get good guests. You have good content. You got great cartoon emoticons <laughs> that I see all over the internet. So that's working for you, by the way. That's branding and it works. And so thank you so much for having me on. And yeah. I hope that you help somebody. Cool, man. <laughs> You're awesome. Thanks, we'll Justin. see it. We'll, che- we'll check in down the road. Thanks, bud. All right, buddy. Thank you. Hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here, and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I write over $10 million in premium in the last couple of years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.